With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. I have another packed one for you today, starting off with an interview with running back Darius Geis talking about why this past year was so tough. It's a story that I wrote for ESPN.com recently, but you get to hear the full interview now, and it's a pretty good one. I also have an interview with Terry McLaurin, Redskins receiver, some of the adjustments he's already made, and then my thoughts on the Redskins as they break from Richmond. Also, I want to ask you if you can go out and fill out a show survey that you can find on the show notes on the podcast page. That would be a big help. And now, my interview with Darius Geis. You said the other day that you found out how mentally strong you were going through all this. I know your background. I've talked to you, talked to people down there. You had to be mentally strong just to get to this point. So what was different about last year that maybe you learned even more? Because to me, it seemed like you were probably mentally strong long before that. It's like when you're growing up from a kid and teenager to an adult, you experience so much, man. You see a lot, you go through a lot. And it's just like when I when I got to the stage, you know, I felt like I didn't seen it all. You know yeah. what I mean? I didn't feel like I didn't beat everything that came towards me. I overcame everything, and I'm still strong. And then just when this happened, like when when the love of my life was taken away, to me that was the most critical thing that I had to go through and had to overcome. Football was never taken away from me okay. for okay. a year, okay. ever in 15 years of playing. This is the first time it's been taken away from me for a year. So, and then with the type of injury I had, this ain't no wimp injury. This no, is one not. of the most detrimental injuries no. out there, period. Right. And when it happened, man, I, I didn't know what to do with myself. You know, um, I had people there, you know, that supported me all the way through everything, and I had people that loved, you know, and um, I had to find out who those people were. And like I said earlier, bro, it, it is the most critical thing I had to overcome. And like I said, so it's more about the love of football, and like because like that was always the mm-hmm. the most consistent thing in your life. It yes, almost sir. seems is that a lot of what that was. That's that's what it is. Football is one of the things that's never left my side. You know, people come and go, love come and go, school come and go, but right. football has always been there. And this is the first time football wasn't there. So how how long did it take to get used to the idea that it wasn't going to be there? That you had to take a different. You're going to have a different year. How long did it take to get used to that? To be honest, man, you know, seeing my team play every week, bro, I couldn't get used to that then. You know, every week I wanted to be out there, you know, um, seeing them warm up, being in the stadium, watching, you know, like the fans do when I'm supposed to be out there. You know, all that stuff was hard on me, man. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I couldn't get used to it at all. When, because like you are such a man of the people. You love, you seem to really, fans respond to that. You seem to enjoy the interaction, all that. 
and you're, that's who you are, you're to yourself. How, did you feel like you were yourself? How long did it take for you to feel like Darius again? Did you ever feel like, like I'm not that happy-go-lucky guy right now because I'm dealing with this? Did you ever lose that, do you feel? You know, I had, I had a lot of fans tell me that they were proud of how I still stood out and didn't hide after getting hurt. Okay. Because that's not me. Right. You know, I'm not going to let my, my health take me away from everybody that has supported me. That's not fair to them, and it's not fair to myself, shutting people out. So I still remain me, you know. Um, I'm happy regardless. You know, life, is, life has been great to me. I've overcame a lot in life, um, and that's, that's never gonna change. With, with the infection, how scary was that? Was that a root, I hate to say routine, because sometimes you get those infections, but was that, how scary was that part of it? I mean, we knew, to be honest, when we first found out about it, it was just a simple, like, ingrown hair bump that grew okay. inside of my incision. That's all that was. We wanted to treat it quicker okay. before something actually happened. Gotcha. So, bless you. Thank you. Me going through my whole infection, there was never an infection that occurred before I started treating it. We just saw a bump and got scared okay. that it might infect my incision because it was right after my so ACL. It was more of a precaution. So it was more of a precaution. Okay. It was never, okay. oh, I got an infection, let's treat it. It was more of a, oh, a bump growing, let's make sure it doesn't get infected right by my incision. Okay. So that's what happened. Okay, so that wasn't a scary thing. Right, so okay. no. Well, that's good to hear because mm -hmm. that's always, we saw what happened with Alex right. with that and you never know with those infections. So when did you, like, when, when the season's over, do you start to feel like now I'm back where everybody else is and I can start working toward this year like, even more with them? Man, I felt like I was still behind, bro. I felt like okay. I had a lot of, cause, because during the season I couldn't work because True. of the infection. So I couldn't physically be out there running. I had to sit down at my house and get IVs three hours at a time, three times a day. Really? For two months. Oh, wow. I couldn't do anything. So after the season, man, I feel like I'm just like starting to get me now. So while everybody turning up after the season, I'm here. You know, I didn't have an off season. I didn't have a summer. You know, I've been here the whole time, ready yeah. to get back out here. So it's gonna all pay off for sure. You're a ball of energy. How does it, when you're kind of cooped up like that, what's it like? Cause you got so much energy, it seems. It must be, must be, it would be hard for me. I know that. Man. God works in mysterious ways, man. Sometimes, you know, he, he tells you you need to slow down. Yeah. You know, I feel like that was a message to me to just slow down and just okay. let him do his work. Just slow down. Now, obviously, there was another even worse thing that happened to in your with your cousin. And I'm just, I don't even know how to begin to address that because it was, it had to be devastating. So I'm just, like, how, what has that done to you? I know it's a devastating thing. Um... It, it really reminded me on how precious life is and how short it really can be. That's why every day I'm out here, you know, I, I take it to the fullest. I don't I don't take any days off. I don't take any reps off, you know, because life isn't promised. Hell, NFL football isn't promised. There's a lot of people that wish they were in our shoes. Right. Like, not, nothing's promised, man. And, and to just see my little man, man, that, that shit hurts, man. It's not something you probably that it's, would ever get over, I would imagine. Never. You know. Every morning I get here, I have his fat head in my locker. I look at him every Do morning. Do you really? Yeah. And what is that when you see that? Is that an inspiration? Is that a sadness? And what is it when you see that? I feel like it's going to always be a sadness yeah. because I wish I can see him physically and touch him and love on him. But, you know, I know I'm going to see him again. So...
Yeah, it's, that's tough. And I don't, you know, I, it's funny to talk about football after that because that's real life and it's hard to do that. But again, going back for you, and it's, I talked last year, I talked to a bunch of people in your background because I was going to do a big dairy story and then you had the injury. But I'm using a lot of the stuff now because it all applies. And to me, it applies about how are you going to get back to where you are? Well, this is what this guy has overcome to get here. So there's a lot there. But like I was talking to your coach, Dale Weiner, and it's like, talking about how dedicated you were to working out and how like he said one time you're calling him up because there's like gunshots and you said, I might not make it to the to the practice to the workouts tomorrow what how did that make you who you are now that whole experience well family's always been the most important thing mm-hmm. you know when the situation happened with my cousin you know I was in Texas for a week you know um family's always number one bro so when I told coach Weiner that it's because I wanted to stay with my mom you know, I, I grew up with a single mom, you know, I'm my older brother, you know, so we wanted to be by my mom's side. You know, um, fo- football football isn't always going to be there, but family will always be there. You know what I mean? I'll never turn my back on family for nothing. Last thing is, why? what is it with football? From the beginning, I talked to your first coach, I think his name's Terry. Terry Boyd. Yeah. I talked to him, he's like, you know, I said, when did you know he was special? He goes, he had 50 touchdowns his first year. But for you, why does football, what is, what is it about football that you love to where you, you know, that it's, when it was taken away, it hurt that much? What is it that you love so much about it? Because it was the last thing I heard from my father before he was killed. Okay. He told me I was going to be the football man in the house. He told me that when I was five years old, and then a few months later got murdered. So that's what really got me into it, and I never left it since then. I wanted to honor football for him. Obviously myself first, but for him as well, because that, that was what he told me I was going to do. Well, I think you're doing all right with that. So, anyway, here's, you, I appreciate it, man. Appreciate you. Okay, after the break, Terry McLaurin. What is it that he's working on with roommate Dwayne Haskins at night? Welcome back. Here's my interview with Terry McLaurin, and we start off by talking about the impact so far of Dominique Rogers Cromartie on McLaurin's game. Leverage of, of a, a defensive back, um, especially kind of out of our stack formations, what he's looking for, what his read is, and something I can kind of do with my body language to make things a little cleaner for him. So he just does a good job of breaking down what he's seeing and then uh, kind of translating into what he's looking for out of out of that route. And so have you like what difference have you seen because when a guy like Cole does that for you, do you see it right away then? Are you able to put it into practice right away? Um not necessarily. I don't I mean I don't analyze every okay. every situation that he's in. I just feel like he does a really good job of making things simple for me, as all of them do, but they um, you know um, Colt just does a really good job of, of, of making things easier for me. With yourself, with the route running and all that, you seem to do, be doing that pretty well. Mm-hmm. What is the key for you there? Uh, just consistency. Um, I'm constantly working on my feet. I feel like that was a point of emphasis. Myself in college, I needed to get better on just my uh, ability to separate and keep separation, which um, just the way I run my routes, I really take pride in that. Coach Hartline really helped me out with that, especially my last year. And I just try to constantly constantly get something out of our routes periods, our individual period, not just run routes to run routes, but try to get something done to visualize the, the defensive back or the coverage that I'm trying to go against. It's funny because even in the spring, I'd see you roll against like Dominique Rogers-Kamardi, for example, and it mm-hmm. seemed like 
that veteran savvy is he seemed to know a lot of times what was coming. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like you have, a, have you, did you have you even adjusted from the spring to yeah. now? Because he's not, all, he's fooled a little bit more often. Or, got, or the other defense backs are fooled more often. Do you, so you see a difference from the spring to now? Most definitely, especially with him. He's the number one corner I'm probably leaning on right okay. now just to see what he's seeing out of me, how I could get better from releases to routes to tails. And something that he's giving me feedback on is just, um, he doesn't quite know what I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do, especially on my in-breaking routes. Um, kind of, I was kind of leaning or starting to stutter my feet, or just give some little tells. A veteran like that's gonna jump on that, and a guy who's fast like me, um, if I could give no tells, that's just gonna increase my separation. So I feel like I've definitely grown. How did you work on the no tells? Is that I mean, yeah. how much did you? Was it just something you can work? And are you watching yeah. film of that and mm -hmm. all that? Is that what's going on? Or? Yeah, I, I try to watch the film, see where I can get better. Obviously, that one-on-one -on -one feedback from a defensive back helps right. a lot. Um, but when I'm watching the film, you can kind of tell if you're leaning your route or if you're kind of slowing down your feet or you're rising up in, in your route showing that, that you're going to stop. So I try to take that and I really feel like I do a good job of just mentally replaying the, the, my reps in, uh, in practice against certain DBs. And, I just try to do it differently if it didn't work out. Do you feel you're at a good point for yourself? Are you pleased? I know we got a yeah. ways to go here, but do you feel pretty good about what you've shown so far? I feel like I've gone off to a great start, um, but the worst thing I feel like I can do is feel like I've done enough and uh, be complacent, and I don't want to be that way at all. I want to continue to learn from the veterans, continue to get more ingratiated to the playbook, and be as versatile as I can for this offense. How are you and Dwayne helping each other? Or what, what, what's that like? Yeah, well, we're roommates, so um, we've been roommates since the first day we got here, and um, you know we're learning a new system, but the chemistry is still there, so that's really nice. Um, he's telling me what their quarterbacks are seeing, and I'm telling what the receivers are seeing, so we're kind of marrying that together, and it's just a familiar face when we're having reps together. I know where he's going to put the ball. He knows where I'm going to be, so that, that definitely, I feel like, helps with both of us. There's a lot that he has to do mm -hmm. to learn this, you know, the position. The kid's super talented. We've What's all that? seen that. What are the, what extra things are he is he doing in the room at night that yeah. you're seeing that maybe nobody else is obviously going to see? Yeah, well, um, one actually a few nights. Um, you know, one of the things that coaches challenged challenged him on is calling the plays better in the right. huddle because it can be a mouthful and coming from a you know what I mean coming yeah. from a, a a no huddle offense to you know all this verbiage can be a lot for a quarterback. And uh, a couple nights um, a week, he's he's giving me the install for the next day and be like, call a random play. And then he's repeating it back to me. And then you've seen it translate onto the field at practice the very next day. I can't remember the last time he's really just stumbled over his words. That he's was really something developing. I heard early on. Cause that's a mm -hmm. hard, that's a it's hard very thing. hard. Because those plays are, I don't think people appreciate how long it's those it's plays are. And if you're going up to the line of scrimmage thinking about the play that mm -hmm. you're calling, mm -hmm. you can't play. Well, you know most I mean? definitely. And it's, it's almost like I've heard the coaches say you kind of have to visualize the concept or what we're calling, especially with pass plays. Right. Um, you know which side has which combination. And that tries to, uh, that, I feel like that could be uh, an advantage for himself. But it is it is a lot, and I feel like he's doing he's doing a really good job handling it. Have you it. seen it? Like, what things are you seeing out of him that's like what the guy that you saw at Ohio State, are you starting to yeah. see more of that guy? Yeah, well, obviously he's maturing more and more. Uh, he's always been a serious guy the way he handles his business. But, um, you know, it's almost like uh, he's so hard on himself when he's not being that Dwayne. I mean, he set so many records last year, and and now he's kind of back on the low man on the totem pole. And I just told him, whatever reps you do get, just make them the best reps you got, whether it's two or 20 in practice. Just make them the best you can. Go out there, have confidence. That's the reason why you're here. And um, I just try to encourage him, but he's continually just getting better, and that's what you like to see. So when you're doing the quizzes with him, so mm -hmm. it, it, how would he react if he was getting one wrong? Like, yeah. how would he react to that? Well, I won't even 
like he'll get it wrong and and then he'll know he got it wrong and he'll start rereading okay. it again so i'll be like no that's too easy so i'll i'll make it a little harder for him we'll go into the next one okay. and then i'll quiz him on a couple more and then i'll go to that one that he missed and see can he do it after that so it's funny because everybody talks about the like the comfort you guys have on the field it's yeah. really the off-field stuff that's going to probably help him get better almost definitely that. i mean i feel like uh, he's going to continue to be a more of a student of the game. I feel like being a quarterback in the NFL, it's almost like a 24-hour job. Um, and I feel like he's he's getting more and more used to that routine and uh, the expectations of what it takes. After the break, my thoughts on the Redskins as they get through the first week of the preseason and leave Richmond. Welcome back. Now, here are my thoughts on the Redskins as they enter the next phase of their August sessions. Okay, now let's get to my thoughts on what we saw throughout training camp in that first preseason game, but a lot of what we've seen the last couple weeks because I don't want to focus too much on a game that played several days ago, but I do think there were a lot of things that we saw in that game against Cleveland that we've seen throughout training camp, and that's why I'm going to focus on training camp. Let's start with the quarterbacks. Nobody is sep nobody really separated themselves throughout the time at Richmond. I it would be nice for them if somebody had. You see traits that can they can build off of with Colt McCoy, the experience in the offense. That's a good thing. You see it he runs he runs a more fluid, smooth operation when he's out there. Doesn't mean always mean he has like that it ends up in great success because you do see some mistakes. And Colt has a body of work that you can fall back on to gauge his game. And so is that going to be better? I can't say that he looks phenomenal, but I think the offense at times runs well with him because of his knowledge of the offense and because you can see him more throwing before guys break, etc. And that's always been a strength for him when we've seen him in training camp. And that's a good thing. But like, he, I don't think he's necessarily separated himself too much from the pack. And I think when you watch Case Keenum, he certainly hasn't separated himself. Again, you see traits, you see there's a confidence that he plays with and I think that the coaches like that other teams have liked that he's been with. He has recent success. He has um, he's more starting experience. All that's good, but he is still learning this offense and this system and these players. And so that takes time. And then with Dwayne Haskins, what we saw against the Browns is what we saw in training. What we yeah, what we saw in training camp. So I'd be curious to see how he then builds on this moving forward. And what you what you saw in that game again, you saw some throws that were just wow. That's a really good throw. But then you see the other side, and again, that's why there's nobody there that I've talked to who suggests that he should be an opening day starter. He's not at that point, and it's okay. I'm kind of getting a little bit not tired, but like this this idea that he should be starting week one. I was like, why? If he's not ready, why would you put him out there? You know, let him have a chance for success. And I know there's a thought of like, well, that's the only way he can learn. That's just not true. And if you put a guy out there before they're ready and they can't learn from their mistakes, they're not in a position to learn from their mistakes, then how are you helping him or the team be better? That guy has to be at a point where he can help the team and then help himself. When he's at that point, from a mental standpoint, then I say, okay, he's got the talent. You put him out there. He's just not there yet, and it's okay. That's why they have some veterans here, and it's why he's got to learn. And they're, it's the protection calls. It's getting in out of the huddle. Now, they could trim the playbook if they needed to to put him in there. If they had to play him or if they really wanted to play him, they could do that because they've done that for other quarterbacks in the past. Look at the end of last year. 
and the last year also was not an ideal situation. But he's still going to have to learn how to handle blitzes and protections and all those kind of things. So even if you trim the playbook, you're still going to have him in a position where he's got to handle that end of it. And he's improving there. Let him improve. Let him develop his own pace. And I think then I think if he does, I think you'll have a good one there. So look at the wild throws and build off those and then see the mistakes and see how he then handles them moving forward. That will be the key to his development. As, as Terry McLaurin talked about earlier in this podcast, he's really working hard on the mental side of the game. The kid's going to get there. It just takes time. Um, he, he's a worker. And I think that's going to kind of dovetail into my next phase here is the rookies, that rookie class. Haskins, I think all these other guys, um, I was talking to somebody last week in the organization who felt like this is their best rookie class they've had in a while in terms of character. And that doesn't mean Boy Scouts. That means football character. That means your approach to the game. I think there's a lot of guys who have a very positive or a very good approach to the game. I think Haskins is definitely one of them. But I think then you're looking at guys at the back end, I think, or Terry McLaurin, third round pick. Um, Cole Holcomb, Jimmy Moreland, those guys, and not just, they're not the only ones, but I highlight those guys a lot because I think you see that a lot and you see the competitiveness that you don't give a damn by Moreland in terms of, I don't care who you are, I'm going to compete against you. Cole Holcomb is a guy, and if you listen to my podcast with him last week, if you didn't, go back and listen to it because you learn a lot about him and I think his mindset. And what one of the stories I'll share is when he was a walk on at, at UNC, he went from, he was started, he was fifth string one year, and there was a play in practice where I think I'm, I'm I hope I don't mess this up if I did you can go back and listen to it and tell me I'm wrong but he, there was a play in practice where a starter gets hurt Holcomb grabs his helmet runs on the field nobody told him to go out there nobody stopped him he did it he saw the opportunity well because he took like eight or nine reps coaches are watching the film later like well who the hell's that well it's Holcomb well they bumped him from fifth string to second string because of that but it's the mindset that took him out there that's what I think will make him a success but those kind of guys McLaurin Moreland Holcomb, those are the kind of guys, in addition to the others, that cha- help change cultures if things go right. They, you know, you don't, you, if there's some stability there, but those are the kind of guys I think you want. I don't know that any of them are going to be superstars, but I think those are the kind of guys you like in terms of their approach. And I think the linemen would probably get there. I don't know them as well. I think Wes Martin has improved. I think they need him to improve because Eric Flowers is who he is. He's a guy who plays with bad technique and will look good on some plays and some games and then not on others. There's, the consistency just isn't there. And I think that's something to watch for him going forward. And even against the Browns, you saw that. You saw some times where he's still bending too much at the waist for example, and I think that's, you know, something, again, you see the size, you see the other stuff. Um, and I think you need to get that squared away because even like, like Jaron you know, Christian uh, at left tackle, one of the things that was positive for him in that Browns game, and I say this, it was a negative play, but it was a, it, if he turns it into a positive, that he got the chance to go against a top speed rusher like Miles Garrett. And Garrett beat him bad on one play drew a holding penalty, but in, in camp, in the one-on-one situations, he was never going against a guy with that kind of speed. It's good for him to see that because now you know what you're up against and how you adjust. And he's got some, he has some decent feet. In practice, there are times in those one-on-ones where you see, okay, you know, so-and-so got, almost got him. He, he was able to run and push him away. How's that going to f- translate against top pass rushers? Well, we saw that. He's got work to do. They need Donald Penn to come through for them because if Trent Williams doesn't come back, Penn would be the guy. I think he's he's got the size, still working through some things. Beat on a spin move the other night. Didn't hurt him, but it was certainly something that he's not going to be a top tackle for you. You just need him to play consistently so you know what you have. 
I think that's always the key for coaches. When they know what they have, they can build around that. Um, the defensive line, it's as advertised. And now, I don't know if it's going to be you know um, one of the best of all time or anything like that, but it's, it's where the strength of this defense and I think this team is. And they didn't play against the Browns, so it's hard to fully gauge that defense. The Browns didn't have a lot of their skill guys, any of their skill guys out there except for Baker Mayfield. But that everything surround, centers off that uh, off that defensive line for them. And I think the other thing, one thing they it would be interesting to see is, um, I'll give you an example um, of getting used to guys and, and how when you're throwing new guys in there, John Bostic at linebacker who is, is used to playing with Landon Collins and Monte Nicholson behind him. They're giving out calls and they're seeing things and he start, he already understands now how they see plays and so for the most part. And so when you, when you know that, you can adapt to what you're doing and you're on the quote-unquote same page. Well, in that Browns game with some of those crossing routes with the safeties behind them, they weren't on the same page and it resulted in some long gains in those crossers. And I think that's something they have to get squared away because we all know that those starters, those backups end up playing a lot because of injuries. So you've got to know, you've got to get that stuff squared away. And you know, for Bostic, it's his first year in this camp. I think he's a smart guy. Um, so I think I'll be curious to see how that goes moving forward. I think another positive from Richmond was the health. And I'll point specifically to guys like Jordan Reed and Chris Thompson, Darius Geis. The fact that those guys are doing as much as they are so far, I think is a positive sign for the Redskins. And, you know, you obviously you want that to continue. They need that to continue. Um, but all I know is right now, at this point in August, it was a good sign for them what they've shown so far. And you know, their, their importance to the offense obviously cannot be understated. And especially because, again, I look back at the quarterback situation and nobody has really taken that job where you say, okay, they're going to be okay with him because of X, Y, or Z. They need these other guys to come through for them. And then I think the last thing I want to talk about is the wide receiver depth. And they don't have a big-time proven guy on the outside. So it's not like they're, I'm going to sit here and say, they, you know, they, all these guys are going to be Julio Jones or whomever. But I think what they do have is some depth there. And in talking to some people in the organization, the feeling is they're going to end up losing a guy who will, who will end up playing somewhere else. They know that. That's a good thing because it means you have guys who can play as long as you make the right decisions when, in who you cut. So I think it'll be interesting to see how, what happens with a guy like Robert Davis. Had a pretty good night the other night. Has looked good. He looked pretty good in camp. Looked good last year in camp before his ACL. Is there room for him? Cam Sims is going to be out there. I think he's going to play a lot. Um, you know, Trey Quinn will play a lot. Terry McLaurin will play a lot. I think a guy like Kelvin Harmon still has to show that he can that he deserves a lot of playing time. But I, you know, I can't imagine him not being on the roster because it's who you know he deserves that. So it'll be curious to see what happens there. But they do have better depth than you think. Um, you know, it doesn't mean they're going to be stars, but they have better depth. But I think what this receiver group also needs is, I go back to the health, Jordan Reed, Chris Thompson, Trey Quinn to stay healthy because that forms the basis of the passing game and it takes the pressure off the outside. If those guys aren't out there, then I think that outside group will be a lot more challenged. So that's all for this week. Thank you to Darius Geis and Terry McLaurin. And thank you for listening. Again, I would ask you to go fill out go fill out a show survey you can find that in the show notes on the podcast page that would be a big help and as always thank you for listening